And so it's the whole notion that, you know, through that suffering, through that pain, God is working his will in us. And we tend to turn away from him or block ourselves off from being able to experience the full glory of God in those instances because we don't trust him and we don't like the way it feels. And we don't stop long enough to wonder, what does God have for me? It's the immediate, you know, amygdala, you know, emotion, you know, input, emotion, bam, and we're gone. Mild bannered businessman by day, a fan of the faithfulness of God by night. Well, pretty much all the time. That is Eric England. Hello and welcome to the Hill Stories podcast, a space to tell the God stories unique to the people at Chapel Hill Presbyterian Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. I'm your host, David Wilson. Eric is a businessman in Gig Harbor and by all accounts, pretty much by any measure, is a successful businessman with a beautiful family and a positive outlook on life. Has it always been that way? Has he been tested? Many people can relate to the crux of his Hill story in this Zoom interview. Today, we're speaking with Eric England. Welcome to our humble podcast, Eric. Where would you like to begin? Let's jump in where the conversation that led to you and I chatting today uh, started, which is uh, with a request from somebody to uh, retell uh, the story that I've told before and share about the experience that I had after uh, being a professional in my field for more than two decades, uh, getting, getting fired one day. All right, and and let go from my from my job, and I think that we'll be able to uh, have some good discussion around that, and I'll be able to uh, to tell uh, my my larger story through through that story. So, how does that sound? That sounds pretty good. I cannot imagine you being fired from anything, Eric. So you've got to tell us what happened and when was this? Yeah. So this is spring of two thousand seventeen. And I, uh, I was uh, managing a financial services office, and I actually opened the, that office and hired all those people uh, about four years earlier. And I'd recently been given a new boss, a person that uh, I'd, I'd known for a little while and, and, and really liked very much. And um, she drove down to Gig Harbor from Seattle uh, one, one Friday and asked to see me. We met in the conference room and she said, uh, not to put too fine a point on it, Eric, I'm letting you go. And only because I have been surrounded with uh, people smarter than me and brothers and sisters in Christ and um, encouraged and trained and coached uh, for, for a number of years, was was that moment one that has become one of my favorite moments even though there was a lot of you know personal pain financial pain in the moment uh it's it, it it really helped me understand how well i was doing in my walk with christ how well i was actually living into 
the maturity that that I believe that I you know I was um, growing and evolving in my life. And so I, I sat back in my chair in that moment and I said uh, I said to her, I don't know why uh, this is happening, um, other than clearly you're not you're not pleased and satisfied with what's going on, but that's okay. It, it will be something I'll reflect on. And I just, uh, and I, I almost used the word pray, but I didn't want to spiritualize that, that moment because I think it, it doesn't work well. I said, I just hope that this works out like you want it to. And that for all of the people in this office, that what your vision is without me ends up being better for everybody in the greatest sense of the word than it has been with me as part of this team. And I'm just gonna say thank you for chance to work under you and work with you. I've been on the other side of this conversation before. I know that's not easy either. I'm going to go and pack my stuff and leave quietly. There must have been quite a few things going through your head at that moment. What were those? Um, you know, I think it's, when one of the things, and I don't remember if this went through my head at the time, but it's, it's one of, if not my favorite verses, and it certainly went through my head very shortly thereafter and, 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 and a whole lot in the days and months to follow. It's Romans 5, 3, and 4 that says, but also glory in our suffering, for suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And I think we and I naturally am inclined to not like suffering and to push back against it and run from it. Um, but I'd spent enough time with that verse and God, for whatever reason, brought it top of mind, you know, again, in the moment or shortly thereafter. And it's perfect. And so I went from the immediate fight, flight, freeze, appease, the, or the worry that comes oftentimes uh, when we when we hear stories about people getting fired or, or suffering some type of you know ad adversity or, or 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 trauma, and so I went from that 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 worry space almost immediately to a wonder space, and I disassociated myself from the situation to to some degree, and I really felt some peace in I wonder what God has for me in this, and it's the first time in my life that that had happened that quickly. I mean, almost real time. I've had, I've had lots of wisdom, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking, right? Sure. I, get, I get a day, a day out or a week out or a year out, and boy, I wish I would have or I could have, or boy, how, I didn't, why didn't I understand that or see that then? But, but this particular instance, um, got, you know, God allowed me to experience that in the moment. And, and I got a glimpse, frankly, uh, of, of what that, you know, feels like and what, that, what that's like. You say magnanimous. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it around on you and and say it's it, it's selfish, because if if I'm if I'm going to treat myself really really well, I'm going to maintain a sense of peace, not just when the water's calm, but I'm gonna maintain a sense of peace when it, it's coming at me, you know, in the midst of the storm, you know, not not to be too cliche, Dave, but sure, um, but but that's really it. And when we can take some of those, you know, cliches and actually apply them and execute on them in the moment, I, I, for me, it's, it's, it's some of the um, most powerful experience of, of, you know, when we talk about God's peace, what that actually feels like. Could you do me a quick favor and repeat the verse again? Yeah. 
So it's Romans 5, 3, and 4. And it, and it comes out of, you know, but we boast in our, our glory um, and in our joy, but, but also to um, take joy in our suffering. Because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And so it's the whole notion that, you know, through that suffering, through that pain, um, God, is, God is working his will in us. And we tend to turn away from him or block ourselves off from being able to experience the full glory of God in those instances because we don't trust him and we don't like the way it feels. And we don't stop long enough to wonder, what does God have for me? It's the immediate, you know, amygdala, you know, emotion, you know, input, emotion, bam, and we're gone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, to be able to, you know, kind of run through that verse in, in my head and, and, and experience that, you know, again, not, not all of it real time, but just to wonder what, what's in it. And, and, and here I am at the very beginning of this process, which is, um, suffering, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm suffering right now because I just got fired. So you've got this response to this, what should be a devastating event. And unfortunately, during the current time that we're in right now is probably happening much more often than people would like it to happen. So you probably have a fair number of people out there that can relate to this situation. But I'm pretty sure you didn't think, you know, the 5, 10, 20 years before this happened that I'm going to do my best to prepare for when I become fired. Can you look back and see some examples or instances or maybe clues that you were being prepared for whatever life might throw at you? Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I think that when we experience things and we gain some level of familiarity or understanding, we have an opportunity to learn from them and lock that in or to just consume it and see it as entertainment or a distraction and, and walk on by. And so in looking back at, you know, the past 10, 15, 20 years, the little bits of learning that I'd done, because I'm a little slow, Dave, to be honest, but the little bits of learning right, right. That, that I'd done in um, experiencing adversity and taking, taking the high road, being accountable, being introspective, not, not blaming others, choosing gratitude, you know, all, all of those types of things, um, you know, helped prepare me for that moment. Now, it, 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 was, it was still tough. I mean, I remember it was, a, it, was a, it was a Friday. I'll tell you why I remember it was a Friday. Because my wife was at work and I just got canned. And I'm, I'm literally, you know, walking through the parking lot with my cardboard box out to the car. And, you know, and I don't make the kind of money that um, some people that live around us make, but I, I was doing okay. And so, the, I mean, the financial hit was significant. So I walked to my car and I said, you know, I, I think I'm going to call my pastor. So I did. So I called my pastor. Mark Toon picks up the phone. He says, Eric, how are you? I said, well, I, I've, I've been better in some ways. Um, I just got fired. And, and he said, oh. 
brother, I am so sorry. And then he laughed. And he said, you got fired on Good Friday. <laughs> One of my favorite things about uh, my pastor is his sense of humor. So it, it came through in spades there. I, um, you know, I had a great talk with him. And then I had to, that evening when my wife got home from work, I had to tell her, really, really tough. You know, hard to, as, you know, as a provider, as the, you know, the head of our family, as a leader to say, I failed to the point that as we stand right now, I, I can't, I can't provide for our family. You know, I don't have a job. That's a, that's a hard thing to, for me anyway, to say, I apologized to her. I told her I wasn't clear on why I was let go. In fact, later when I looked at the paperwork that I was handed, reason for termination was blank. Mm. So I was literally never given a reason. Um, but because I walked into that situation and didn't try to hide it, and I have, I have known people that have gotten fired and they try to hide it, and then they spend the next week getting employed again before they tell their spouse. Mm. Um, I, just, I, you know, I just wanted to come clean. So uh, I told her and she said, you know what, sweetheart, we've been through a lot. Uh, over time and I trust you and uh, I know that you're going to be great in this, which was a huge, you know, I almost get choked up and I'm not an emotional guy, but huge blessing. I mean, what a, what a, what an amazing blessing from her in that moment. Uh, you know, just to be able to share really candidly, uh, you know, what had happened and be vulnerable and have her come back with, you know, with that kind of grace and love. Super cool. Well, I've done a little bit of digging, and I know that you called that time period a forging process. And I'm kind of curious, how would you characterize your state of faith before this process? And what has changed in your faith after? Maybe the most accurate way to answer that question is that it was not a pivot point for me at all, but it was maybe a slight course correction for me in that it really did give me an opportunity and cause me to pause and be introspective. I chose not to blame anybody and I chose to take all that energy and figure out what it was that I did or didn't do to end up in that spot and to, you know, pray a lot and do a lot of reflecting back on my leadership and my performance and how accountable and trustworthy I was, how, how visionary I was, how wise and, and mature I was in um, doing the things that were required of that job. And that process, uh, has has helped me in my in my faith walk and has helped my my spiritual maturity for sure you know as we you know again i don't like to you know over spiritualize you know but i think that it, it's helped me you know live my faith more consistently i don't have now this is you know three years three and a half years later i don't have i have less of a work eric and church eric and I have more of just an Eric. And, and so this, this experience helped me with that. That's very interesting. It sounds like to a degree you took advantage of the moment. Yeah. I have, I have more personal connection with phrases like control what you can. Because that's, I mean, we're, we're asked to, you know, pick up our cross and follow him daily. Well, again, there's all these phrases and sentences and stories that, for me, it was too easy to 
either know them or read them and move on instead of really wondering and pondering how how does that apply to me today what what happens if i actually take the lesson or take the instruction from from god's word and apply it and then what does that what does that do to me or for me one of the things that i did is at, at the time i was um uh, working on a project and i agreed to be interviewed uh, and this, this is a guy who's doing a bunch of social media stuff, and he had thousands and thousands of followers on YouTube channel and on and on Facebook. And and he, I told him, and he said, "Hey, can I interview you? I think our, you know, our listeners and our the guys, the people who are following us, would like to hear your story." And it was it was largely in, you know, real estate and sales. And you know, people who've been in real estate and sales have certainly been through some ups and downs, and a lot of people have you know experienced failure. And so I went in, it was, I don't know, 45 minute interview and it was me and it was, this was a week and a half later. And so it was real time. I said, you know, this is fresh. It just happened. And I received dozens and dozens and dozens of calls and emails and texts after sending that out saying, thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I got fired. You know, I lost my business and the way that you've described your response to that you're you know moving through that experience has just given me a different perspective it's given me hope it's helped me get rid of some of my shame mm. and so it you know again that this is all god stuff you know he he, put, he puts us in these positions and gives us opportunities and we've got free will you know to do what we're going to do what help you regain your balance but i mean we've talked about your faith a little bit we've we've talked about some of the things that you learned in the process but was mm -hmm. there something concrete that helped you regain your balance after this uh, yeah, my current boss, a guy I'd known for quite a while. And I called him within a couple of days. And first thing he said is, oh man, I'm so sorry. And he said, but this is actually really good news because I knew you weren't likely to leave your position, but I wanted to hire you. Huh. So can we get together and have lunch? And so it, 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 what that did, I mean, kind of the takeaway for me in that, you know, high level is that the relationships we have in life matter a lot. They matter a whole lot. And I have, like, I, I think, you know, some people are inclined to, um, you know, shut myself off from relationships for one reason or another um, and rob myself of an opportunity to, you know, fully live into the, you know, the joy and the fun and the learning and everything else that relationships have to offer. So this is a guy that I had not spent a lot of time around, even though we'd been pretty close. And, and because he was in the industry I was in, it made sense for me to, for me to call him. But I am better now. I've still got a long way to go, but I'm better now at, at really appreciating and engaging in relationships with people, checking in with them, not staying surface, going a, a little deeper, and, and sometimes that's a little uncomfortable and sometimes it's unwanted, you know, so, so learning how to quickly uh, backpedal and, and, and truly apologize and, um, you know, and then exit stage left, uh, that, that happens sometimes, but, um, but by and large, you know, just really loving people and, um, and letting them know I'm interested in relationship. I'm interested in, you know, understanding and knowing them and having them understand and know me in a in the world of business and finance that's a not not super common but it's but it's been it's been met with a surprising level of acceptance and I, and I think that just shows you know how you know as guys especially how really um you know closed off we are from ourselves how closed off we are from god how closed off we are from each other 
It's interesting. One of the things that I keep thinking of as I listen to you, and I believe you did reference this, is the absence of fear. That uh, you didn't you didn't let fear of anything take over, and uh, you could say that about the circumstance that you experienced three and a half years ago, and you can say that now about forming the relationships based on a new understanding of yourself, a new understanding of your own faith. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. And, and that, you asked the question earlier, Dave, uh, about what is it about the past 10, 15, 20 years maybe that's helped to inform or influence you know, how I responded in that moment and where I am today. In 2011, so December 19, 2011, I got home from work and um, Charlene, my wife, told me she had aggressive stage two breast cancer. And that led into one of the toughest years of, of our marriage and of my life. Um, and we wouldn't wish it on anybody. But uh, again, it, it, there, were, there were a lot of blessings that, that came out of it. She's healthy and cancer free and she's all good today. So but it, but it was, it was tough. We got through it. And, and what literally could have killed her didn't kill her. And what could have contributed to killing our marriage didn't. And what could have contributed to lots of other, you know, coping behavior mechanisms, decisions, uh, we were fortunate enough to, to avoid. And so fast forward now to probably six months after I got fired, things were financially pretty rough for a while. And I remember sitting with two of my buddies from Chapel Hill and we had just had fish and chips and a beer at the Tides Tavern. And one of them, one of them said, I got, I got the tab, no problem. And I said, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. He's like, yeah, no problem. I said, no, I want you to know how much I appreciate it. And I pulled my phone out and I opened up my banking app and I showed him how much money I had in my checking account. Mm. And it was a dollar, it was a dollar 87. Oh my goodness. And, and, and we now still to this day, will I mean, it's a, it's a buck 87, man. Things, things are good. I got, I got more than a buck 87, but when, <laughs> <laughs> but when, you know, I faced what, what Charlene and I faced, you know, with going through her cancer treatment, and had been fired and have, you know, I went through 2008, you know, being in real estate and real estate finance, that was, that was challenging. And here I was at where, where most people hope to be approaching, you know, the arrival of whatever sort of professional, you know, prowess and influence and recognition and uh, 25 years into a career, I had just been fired. And then six months later had not recovered financially and I got a buck 87 in my checking account. Yeah. I, I mean, what am I, what am I going to be scared of? You know, what am I going to be scared of Dave? And um, it's, it's a, it's a really freeing in one regard. I don't want anybody else to go through it. And I have lived a much more pleasant, stress-free, safe life than many, many, many people. I, I recognize that fully. Right. Um, but having been through that stuff, I, I, don't, I don't find myself fearful very often. I find myself wondering a lot. I find myself listening a lot more. I find myself looking for 
dots to connect. But if I take a look at the first 20 years of my professional career from, from, you know, 20 to 45, and then I look at the last few years, the absence of fear is one of the things that I am most grateful for. Earlier, you said suffering leads to perseverance, which leads to character, which leads to hope. How can someone apply this to the situation we're in right now in a world that's in upheaval? Where do we look for for God in that? Or isn't God in every step of that? I think he is, but for me, the essence of that question came in the practical application of finding the solution. Because we can, say, yeah. we can say God's all around us. As we go through, you know, um, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. We can understand what those words mean and say, okay, I, I see the, you know, how we move from one to the other. Okay, fine. You know, God's everywhere, you know. Oh, okay, fine. How do I actually live that? How do I actually feel that and, and understand that? And so your question is, how, how do we actually do it? And part of it really, for me, gets back to what is, what is faith? Faith is not proof. Faith is faith. I believe in something because there's evidence of it. And then I need to take whatever that gap is between the spot where the evidence ends and the certainty exists and say, I bridge that gap with faith. And so uh, one of the things that I do often, and it's kind of, I'm kind of geeky this way, but you know, scarcity exists all around us and, and abundance exists all around us. I and mean, we can see, you know, things that are just, oh my gosh, that is, there's just not enough. There's not enough joy. There's not enough hope. There's not enough food. There's not enough money. There's not enough faith. There's not enough love. There's, and we could, and, 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 and you could give me actual examples of it. You know, hard for me to refute that. And if that's where the focus goes, that's where my energy is going to go. That's going to become my reality. I can get consumed by it. Conversely, I can choose to talk about abundance. I can say there's so much love. There's so much peace. God can cover us and everything. There's so much opportunity out there. I mean, look, look around us. You know, there's so much love. There's so many cool people. There's so many great churches There's, and on and on and on and on. And you, and you could give me likewise, Dave, you could give me actual examples all day long and, and all day, every day. And it, I would have trouble refuting that. So part of it is just a, a decision. It's just a choice. Am I going to focus on scarcity or am I going to focus on abundance? It's a really, really simple thing that I found to be also very, very difficult. But the simplicity in it is, do I focus on scarcity? Or do I focus on abundance? Do I focus on all the things that are separating me from God? Or do I focus on God? And that's the spiritualized high level sort of thing. But again, for me, when, when, I, when, like when I'm actually doing my day, I'm thinking about scarcity abundance. And I just, I get distracted, fearful, irritated, frustrated, angry, pick your adjective. And I stop myself because I recognize that I'm getting tense or quick with my word or, you know, purse-lipped or flushed or what and I say wait a minute and I literally in my mind turn for me it's to the left to abundance and it helps it, it 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 changes my state of mind it changes in those moments the condition of my heart and I'm able to engage in a way that lines up more with who I want to be and I feel a lot better in the moment and what I realize and recognize is that it works better when I use these rules that God has put in place 
I was just going to say that you've built a framework for yourself, and that framework is based on and informed by your faith. And I would say that the last point that you brought up earlier of suffering, perseverance, character, and hope, hope is the byproduct of that faith. Hope springs eternal. You will always have hope because of the faith that you have placed in the God that is all around, abundantly supplying us, if we're willing to take a look. Is there anything else you would like to add? I encourage people, and I'll say especially middle-aged dudes, to, to wonder about things and then to pursue relationships. In, in some ways, those two, you know, realizations, learnings, and then, and then shifts, you know, towards those things, you know, out of worry and into wonder. Because worry for guys leads to a lot of nasty things. Yes. Um, wonder tends not to. And then from that wonder, go pursue the relationships that, that pop up. It's, it's, been a, it's been a really pretty simple formula that for me has been fantastic. Thank you very much for your time, Eric. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it, brother. Are you muted, Eric? I was. <laughs> Didn't you say something about editing? <laughs> this has been Hill Stories, originating at Chapel Hill Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. The opinions expressed are those of the participants for the edification of our listeners and do not necessarily reflect those of Chapel Hill leadership or the Evangelical Presbyterian Church of the United States. If you would like more information or to submit an idea for a future episode, our email address is hillstories at chapelhillpc.org. For everyone here at Chapel Hill, I'm David Wilson. Thank you and God bless.